0: Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Temperance Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because I believe God's Word is a powerful weapon designed by the Father to set the captives free. I trust the Holy Spirit will anoint this message and it will personally minister to you and set you free. God bless and enjoy this message. just want to say put your trust in the Lord. Cannot put your trust in this world. Can't put your trust in politicians and presidents and corporations for sure. (laughs) Can't put your trust in anyone except the living God and our Savior Jesus Christ. Trust Him. He wants you to know that you can trust Him. And He's speaking to us this morning that we must recognize that what is happening in our world does not affect our relationship with Him. Look at Him. Look to Him and trust in Him. We're worshiping. We are celebrating or preparing to celebrate the Advent, the first Advent of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He came to this earth for us. And we've been talking about that. My message this morning is the prophet of the Most High. And we're going to talk a little about, about uh, the prophecy and uh, ancient prophecies and the gift of prophecy today. I think it's really important that we have a, an understanding of it. And it's very important. I want, I want to... Uh, Encourage you to make sure that your children are understanding what's going on at this time of year now This is going to upset some of you, but uh, We have never taught our children that Santa Claus brought presents I I refuse to give some round elf uh, Credit for what I do for my children (laughs) <laughs> so, I, we've all, we always told them the truth. And, but, you know, we didn't stop them from watching Rudolph and all those crazy uh, movies. In fact, they, they became a part of, of our life. We'd sit down every year and, and watch those things. Uh, and Frosty, and, I, you know, I could go on and on, but I can't remember them, so I won't. But the reality is, we need to make sure that our children are focused, that right now, Christmas is about the coming of Jesus, the Savior, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. And be prepared, because your children are going to ask you questions. If you focus on that, they're going to ask you questions. Emberly, five years old, last night, we were talking about the birth of Jesus, and she said, now, how old is Jesus that's, a, that's, that's insightful, really, to think about that. And Tammy said, well, it's not really like that. But I said, you know what, Emberley? He's over 2,000 years old. Her eyes got big. I said, that's old. <laughs> we don't think of it in terms like that, do we? No, because he's eternal. It's like we're going to be Eternal. Praise God for that. That's the reason the Savior came, so that we could have eternal life. He didn't come so that you could have a comfortable life. He didn't come so that your family would be strong and intact, although that's a, that is a um, part of what happens when we serve, truly serve the living God. There's a lot of things that take place in our life because we have salvation in Jesus Christ because we learn to walk by the principles of the Word of God. And if you're walking by the principles of the Word of God, yes, your life will be better. But that's not why Jesus came. His overall purpose was so that we could have eternal life in Him. He is the King. He sacrificed His life. And praise God for all the benefits of serving Jesus. He's he's told us, yes, he wants to bless us. He wants you to be blessed in all that you do as, as your soul is blessed. He wants you to grow in him. He wants you to grow closer to him. But listen, the main thing that we're supposed to be doing as the body of Christ is sharing the love of Jesus Christ with others so they don't go to hell. I don't go to somebody and say, you know, if you would just think about Jesus, your life would be better. Well, maybe and maybe not. Yeah, if you learn, you start applying the principles of the word of God, your life does change. No doubt about it. But when I talk to somebody about Jesus, I talk to them about their living soul that's going to go into eternity. And without Jesus, they're going to go to a place that none of us want to go, a place called hell. That's the eventual place that our souls are going to arrive without the blood of Jesus on our doorposts, on our hearts. Hallelujah. Oh, forgot that thing was there. All right, we're going to talk this morning, we're going to talk about the first thing I want to talk to you this morning about is a prophetic word will be fulfilled in their own time. Now, we're going to need to go back uh, where I kind of left off before and talk a little bit about some of the things and read some scripture that uh, took place uh, prior to... To what I really want to get to this morning in regards to the birth of, of John. But if you remember last time that I spoke, and Eddie added some things to that, which is awesome, but we, I want to remind you that Zacharias was of the priestly order of Abijah. He was one of 24 divisions that David set up. And those families would serve in the temple every uh, once every two years, and they would draw lots, or it was it would be kind of to uh, kind of like uh, a game of chance. Maybe they'd have straws or or roll dice, or I, we don't know exactly what it was that they did, but somehow. It was kind of a game of chance. The person who got the longest straw got to do this, and the other ones did did this. Um, You know, this is just a representation. Uh, Some of them got to be sacrificed. Some of them worked in in the temple. And uh, the one uh, thing that they all wanted to do was burn the incense, because only one person got to do that, and that was by lot. And Zacharias, at this time that we're reading about, Zacharias was the one chosen. That was not by chance. God had a plan. Zacharias was a righteous man, according to the Scripture. While he was performing his duties, the angel Gabriel came to him and said this. He said, your prayers have been heard. How many wonder sometimes if your prayers are being heard? You know, this. We all, there are times, come on, we wonder, God, are you hearing me? Zacharias was an elderly man. He probably shouldn't have had children. And yet, he had been praying all these years. In the Jewish culture, a woman who was barren was, fit, was expected or thought to be I guess the way I need to put it, thought to be cursed of God. And yet the Bible says Zacharias and Elizabeth were both righteous in God's sight. Don't pay any attention to what man thinks sometimes. They'll put religious restrictions, religious uh, obligations on people that have nothing to do with the relationship with the Lord. So Zacharias was in the temple performing this duty. I can't, Zacharias wanted to do this his whole life. It may have been the only time that he ever got to do it. Because there was hundreds of priests that could be chosen. But he was there at an appointed time to have his prayers answered. And this angel told him, God's heard your prayers he's going to answer. This is what he said to him. Luke 1.6. It says that uh, Luke 1.6 tells us this about Zacharias and Elizabeth. They both were righteous before God. Walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the Lord blameless. They were doing it. They were serving the Lord with a whole heart. And I truly believe that prophetic words are for today and that God is going to speak to people's lives through words of prophecy, through the office of prophet. But listen closely to me. I've said this many times, and sometimes it goes right over people's head. Listen to me. God is not going to use a prophet or a prophecy to direct your life. He uses a prophet and prophecy to confirm what he has already placed in your heart. God is speaking to you. Holy Spirit is in you. Holy Spirit speaks to you. You don't need to come to church to get a word from the Lord. There's a book full of words from the Lord. Read it. And He'll speak to you. And then when you come to church, (laughs) Holy Spirit will use somebody to confirm what He's placed in your heart. This is a really important part of prophecy because I see so many people running around all over the place. I'm sure that Otis and Ivy have had this happen to them. Somebody come to them and say, Do you have a word from the Lord for me? Yeah, I've got one for you right here, bunch of them, read them, God will speak to you, he's an awesome God. But first of all, let me tell you this, you will, you cannot live your life outside of the commandments of God and expect the blessings of God. God expects His people to walk according to His commandments and His principles. He, Jesus said, if you love Me, keep My commandments. Micah said this, Micah 6, 8, He has shown you, O oh man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That's what He expects of us. I remember hearing a story recently, I'm not sure who said, I think it might have been Mario Murillo, was talking about William Branham. And I think he was in uh, Chicago. And he said that there was a line of people, that some of them standing there for, for hours for Branham to pray for them. And if you don't know anything about William Branham, there were signs and wonders and incredible things happened during his ministry time. Many healings, many miracles, things took place. One gentleman was standing in line for hours. And he, for a long time, I shouldn't say hours, for a long time. And when he finally got to William Branham, Branham looked at him. This man had cancer and he needed prayer desperately. Branham said, I can't pray for you. And the guy said, what? What? I demand that you pray for me. Tell me why you can't pray for me. I can't pray for you. I can't, I can't. I don't want to tell you. The guy kept kept after him. He demanded that he tell him why he couldn't pray for him. He said because you're sleeping with your secretary. We need we need that kind of words of knowledge and to to be manifest. We need prophets that hear those kind of things. Not to now Branham didn't want to embarrass this man, but the man kept pushing it. What's in our hearts? That's that's what God is, is speaking to us right now. What's really in our hearts? Are you walking in the before the commandments of the lord are you are you serving the lord are you letting something else get in the way of your relationship with the lord let's let's move on here we're going to talk uh i'm going to look at uh verse 18 through 20 and zachariah said to the angel how shall i know this luke chapter 1 verse 18 through 20 i'm sorry i need to give everybody time to get there i sometimes get in a hurry Luke chapter 18, verse chapter 1, verse 18. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife was well advanced in years. So, of course, he was say, asking him about the birth of a child. And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. But behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the, days, these day, until the day these things take place because you do not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. That's where I took this uh, topic or the, this message from. Uh, title of this message: It will be fulfilled in its own time. Now we all waver from time to time in our in our faith. Sometimes we have we feel like we have great faith and we're believing God for something, and then something happens, and and we kind of waver in that faith. Now here's what I want you to understand: There's times when God gives us a prophetic word that it's going to happen regardless of our faith. Now, I don't deny that you have faith to please God. And I do believe that that most of the time we have to have faith in order to, uh, to see the word that was given us to come to pass. But there are times just like this situation that God is going to make it, cause it, bring it, do whatever you want to call it, to pass, regardless of what we think about it. Right. Hebrews tells us we have to have faith to please God. But in this circumstance, this situation, the angel told Zacharias, you're, you're doubting, you're questioning But this is going to happen regardless of your questioning. But here's what he did. Because of his doubt, he shut his mouth and he wouldn't let him speak. I think God needs to do that sometimes to many of us. Just shut our mouth. Allow us to keep our mouth shut, Lord, instead of going off and running our mouth with our unbelief and our doubt. Because God's going to bring it to pass. God is the one that's in control of these things. Let's go on to Luke chapter 1 verse 24 through 25. Now after those days his wife Elizabeth conceived and she hid herself for five months saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked to me to take away my reproach among people. The reproach she's talking about Is the fact that the Jewish people believed that she was under a curse because she hadn't become pregnant. She hadn't been able to bear children. Now, here's what I want you to understand Elizabeth wasn't doubting, Elizabeth wasn't hiding herself because she was ashamed. No, she was very proud of the fact. In fact, all the people that she shared it with rejoiced with her, they were excited even in her old age, the Holy Spirit had come to, or the angel had come to Zacharias and and something happened. They wasn't sure what it was, but something happened. And now she was able to have a child. Now what Elizabeth was doing, she was separating herself and seeking God on behalf of this very special child that was about to be born. So she went off. And she prayed and she shot, she, she uh, pressed in to the presence of God because she needed some answers from God. That's what we need to do. When we don't understand something that has been said, uh, maybe a prophetic word that has been given, something that, that has been announced, and we don't understand it, we don't understand someone else's ac- actions, what we need to do is go before the Lord and press into Him. Not go before all our friends and associates and tell them how we feel about it. Press in to the Lord because He wants more than anything to reveal truth to us. We should follow Elizabeth's example. We're living in some very perilous times. And I say that because I want you to be aware. that the only thing that is going to see us through, everything that's taking place in our world right now, is a strong relationship with the Lord. There's tough things happening. Our president just signed it. He codified into law. Same-sex marriage, which sets the stage. I want you to understand this. It sets the stage for eventual legal action. Impossible persecution for anyone who thinks that marriage is between one man and one woman. I don't know how far that's going to go. But it opens the door for that. But that's, he's not the only one. I can name you things that going back 50 years that presidents have done to set the stage for the time that we're in right now. The enemy has been working through our political system forever. And I'm, going to, I'm working on a message that I'm going to share, and I'm going to make Democrats and Republicans and the like very mad. So prepare yourself. Maybe you don't want to come that Sunday when I preach. Because politicians are not our answer. Many times, and most of the time, they're ruled by the God of this world and the God, God of this world system. We live in a Babylonian system. But praise God, right in the midst of the Babylonian system, God planted Daniel. and his three Hebrew friends who stood up and said, we stand against Baal. We stand against the Molech. We stand against all the gods of Babylon. But they worked within the system. But God did mighty works and mighty miracles because these men, and I'm going to say today we need men and women who will take a firm stand for what is right. We must not allow this attitude of evil being being called good and good becoming evil. It's what Isaiah tells us is going to happen, and it's happening. Darkness will be called light, and light will be called darkness. It's here. It's happening. It's all around us. Hallelujah. Because the deeper the darkness becomes, the greater the light that shines forth from God's family and God's believers. We don't despair because it looks like the enemy has the upper hand. Just when he thinks he has the upper hand, the light shines forth and the power of God is manifest. Expect God to do some incredible things in the near future. Expect revival. Is there anybody in here that would like to see revival? Hallelujah. All right. We want revival. Then we're going to have to do something about it. We're going to have to press into God. Revival begins in your heart, in my heart then it overflows into our community. It becomes an awakening in society. When the church is revived, society awakens. And when society awakens, the power of God is manifest in a supernatural way. Not just in the church, but out there. Out there among all those who need the light shining. I'm not going to apologize that I believe in miracles. I'm not going to apologize that I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit to move and touch people's lives. Amen. Have we seen a lot of it? No, we haven't. Well, there's something wrong. we got to get our hearts. i got to get my heart right with the Lord. We've got to press in. We've got to stop worrying about these petty things that's going on in our, uh, our midst, in our church, and in our churches all over the world. And we got to focus on the power of God. we got to stop complaining about one another. we got to stop complaining about our leaders. If we don't like what they're doing, ask God to make changes. That's what Daniel did. Daniel didn't go to the king and say, you horrible uh, demon worshiper. Of course not. (laughs) He would have lost his life for doing that. But Daniel, three times a day, got on his face before the living God. And because of that, God showed up. And when the time was right, Daniel took a stand for what was right. Don't think that you have to fight every battle that comes along. Wait for the battle that God has has, uh, anointed you for. There's going to be specific specific battles that God has anointed you to take a stand in. Not every one of them is the battle we need to fight. But we always need to take a stand. Zacharias took a stand. In the midst, in his day, there was a lot of people claiming to serve the Lord. A lot of people went to synagogue. A lot of people went to the temple to worship God. But just like in our day, many of those people's heart was not right with the Lord. And only we can determine that. Unless God gives me a supernatural insight into your individual life, I don't know what your heart is like. I see your actions. I interact with many of you. I believe we have a church filled with righteous people who want to serve the Lord. But only you can answer that. Only you have... You only you know what your heart truly is. Is there some kind of darkness in your heart that needs to be dealt with? I don't know. According to statistics, there's a few men in here that could be dealing with pornography. And Jesus said, if you have lust in your heart, it's the same as committing adultery. But not Let me not leave the women out. Today, in our society, women are as sexually promiscuous as men. And there's growing numbers. And they also get involved with pornography. But it's not just that. There are so many things that could be in an individual life. That keeps us separated from God. Lies. Cheating. Stealing. Abusing people. Taking advantage of someone. These are the things that Jesus preached about. These are the things that he told people they had to get their heart right. That you cannot live that kind of a life. And love God and love people. That's how you fulfill the law. I know this is not a real good feel-good message. But the reality is, unless the church gets its heart right before God, we're not going to see a revival. It begins with us. But there's power. There's power in the blood. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's deliverance. There's healing. There's miracles. Jesus is alive today. And yeah, he's over 2,000 years old. But man, he's got a spring in his step. Hallelujah. And he's coming back for a church just like that. It has nothing to do with our age has everything to do with our relationship with him. I want you to understand something. There's a worldwide agenda that's pushing for a world government. Our only hope. Now I don't know if they're going to be able to accomplish that or not. My gut, now I'm just just speaking from my gut, not from necessarily from the Word of God, but things that I read in the Word of God. And the way I'm feeling about this, I don't believe the time is right for the Antichrist. So I'm not sure they're going to be able to accomplish this one world government that they're pushing for. But I want you to understand, there are many organizations that are pushing for that. The World Economic Forum is one of them. And I've mentioned them to you before. Their desire is that you have nothing, but you'll be happy. Klaus Schwab is the leader of it, and he's said that over and over and over. He believes. And his minions, the Prime Minister of Canada, Prime Minister of France, Germany... These people have all been trained by Klaus Schwab and his minions believe that the best form of government, and the, the, the Prime Minister of Canada said this. He was interviewed and he was asked, uh, what government do you uh, admire the most? And he said, the China's, China's communist government. Our people, our, our government is filled with people who want, to bring, who want to walk in ultimate power and rule over the masses. Now I'm not telling you, I, I'm saying this, I want you to understand. I'm not trying to stir up a rebellion. Because we're not of this world. We're in it, but we're not of it. I still believe in the principle that Daniel instituted. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Get on our knees before Almighty God. If we want to see changes take place, pray. But there's coming a time in our future when there is going to be a man that's going to arise. We call him the Antichrist. John also talked about him. John, John the one that received... The revelation of Jesus Christ. He also talked about him in, in, in 2 John, I believe it is. But the, he said there are, uh, the Antichrist is coming, but there's many Antichrists in the world right now. And there always has been. Ever since Jesus stepped on the face of the earth, there's always been someone opposed to him, an Antichrist. And the Antichrist spirit is rampant in our world right now. But know this, nothing is happening without God's permission. If you read the Word of God, you you have to come to that conclusion. God still has everything under control. So yes, it's going to happen, and all the prayers in the world is not going to stop the coming of the Antichrist, because that has been prophesied. I've gotten, you know, I've, I've shared so much of my ministry in different parts, and I don't even know where I am right now, my, my message. And here's what I do want to talk to you about, because I want you to understand that there are some difference in, in prophecy, Old, Old Testament prophecies, and even words of prophecy and prophetic words that, that God gives. And I would say, well, I can't, I can't say that right now, because I've got I to gotta tell you, what i believe here is is taking place uh my second point is he will be called the prophet of the most high god prophesied that this was going to happen and it could not be stopped elizabeth became pregnant and in luke chapter 1 verse 57 and 58 it says this when it was time for elizabeth Elizabeth's baby to be born she gave birth to a son and when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her everyone rejoiced with her hallelujah that was a great party they had because they knew that something incredible was happening now as we skip down to verse 76 it says and you child this is Zacharias prophesying over his own child and you child will be called the prophet of the highest for you will go before the face of the Lord to prepare his way no one I don't care what kind of action they took no one could stop it just like Herod could not stop the birth of Jesus when he tried to to murder he murdered all the children in Bethlehem but he could not stop the fact that jesus was born and jesus was going to grow up to be our messiah the enemy tried now what i want you to understand is that there's two kinds of prophetic words both old testament and new testament there's conditional and unconditional a conditional prophecy is when the prophecy fulfillment is dependent on the compliance of those whom the promise is made And they meet the conditions. Prophecy is. You know. God speaks to you. He uses a prophetic word. And says. Something to you. About the direction of your life. That is always contingent. Upon. Obeying him. And fulfilling his will for your life. It's. It's. It's conditional. God's not going to force anything on you. You have a condition. You've got to continue to serve the Lord. Otherwise, it won't. I I can tell you numerous men that have been called into the ministry that I know, and they've either, either either left the ministry or they never fulfilled the calling in their life. And they had prophetic utterance that God spoke over them, told them what he was going to do. But it was contingent upon their behavior. It was contingent upon them doing what God told them to do. There's many places. Chronicles uh, 7, 14, in the Old Testament, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and will heal their land that God gave Solomon that after a while he was giving him a dream and he was talking to Israel that if judgment from God came upon Israel, the way to stop it was to turn back to God, cry out to God. Jonah and Nineveh is another example of conditional prophecy. He prophesied. He went and prophesied. In 40 days, the city's going to be destroyed. And what did God do? Because the, the whole nation, the king and the whole nation repented, God relented. It says, and God relented from the disaster that He had said He would bring upon them. He did not do it. All these are examples. Unconditional... I've already mentioned that to you. That's when God says this is going to happen. When John saw the beast rising up out of the sea, out of humanity, there is no condition that can stop that. It's coming. It's coming because of the darkness of men's hearts. They're going to turn completely and totally from from the Lord but it's going to happen. We can count on it. What's the old adage? You can take it to the bank. Well, I'm not sure you want to take anything to the bank these days. Let me show you a combination in the New Testament of conditional and unconditional prophecy. Paul, in in Acts chapter 21, Paul is warned by a prophet named Agabus. (gasps) A prophet in the New Testament. Imagine that. Well, I thought that was done away with in the Old Testament. Well, John was the last Old Testament prophet. But now we're walking in the New Covenant and a prophet. In that same uh, chapter... It talks about Philip's daughters and they were all prophetesses. I hope I said that right. That didn't sound right. But, but they, they operated in the uh, gift of prophecy. So we see that in the New Testament there is such a thing as an office, office of a prophet. And Agabus told Paul. He said he took his his. Sash and and his belt and he came to him verse 11 he said this he took Paul's belt bound his own hands and feet and said thus says the Holy Spirit so shall the Jews in Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles Paul believed that prophecy. Everybody around him believed that Agabus was prophesying something that was going to happen to Paul. And they begged Paul not to go. Don't go to Jerusalem. But because Paul loved the people in Jerusalem so much, he said, I don't care if I'm put in jail, I will even die for the cross of Jesus Christ. To preach it. To teach others. Where is our heart? I want to ask you. Are we willing to die? I mean, literally. Not just figuratively. Are we going to die? Willing to die for Jesus? If you're not, you need to search your heart. Because Jesus said, He said this. He said, anyone who doesn't Hate her. mother and father and children, loved ones, is not worthy. And hate them and love me is not worthy of me. Now, I want you to understand something. Jesus wasn't telling us that we should hate our parents. Some of you say, oh, i got an excuse. i got to hate my parents. Teenagers aren't in here, so they're, they're, not, they're not going to grab a hold of that. Got one back there. Oh, yeah, a couple. All right. Yeah. That's not what Jesus was saying. (laughs) Hate your father and mother. What he was saying was, you cannot love your family more than you can love me. And I want to tell you something. All over the world right now, there are godly people, Christians, believers in Jesus Christ that are being separated from their family because they're preaching the gospel. Right now in Africa, there's men and women that are being horribly persecuted and jailed merely because they choose to preach the Word of God. And this is happening all over the world. Iran is probably the worst place right now. Pray for the believers in Iran. They're being persecuted, particularly those who are converting from Islam. To Christianity and it's happening in gross but those who have wicked hearts can't stand it just like in the day of Jesus those who had wicked hearts couldn't stand him so they came up with trumped up uh, charges against him and that's what they're doing to believers all over the world pray where's your heart Paul went and preached the gospel. And Paul was bound and jailed because of it. But also, I want you to know what happened because he did that. Because he followed through, God used it. Remember the scripture that says, All things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are thee called according to his purpose? How would you like to be jailed? Put in prison. For the purpose of God. That doesn't seem like it's working to my good. Does it? But who knows. What doors God is going to open. Because Paul did that. All the way to Rome. He ministered the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then when he got to Rome. He preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. It not only worked for his good. But it worked for the good of all those he come in contact with. Now, I share this simply with you to make this announcement about John. John's prophecy was unconditional, it was going to happen. Jesus, all the prophecies, over 300 prophecies concerning the, the coming of Jesus and, and the coming of, of John and preparing the way, over 300 prophecies fulfilled by Jesus. And there's many more coming that he's going to fulfill when he comes back. It's going to happen. Unconditional, every one of them. Doesn't matter how many times despots and dictators and tyrants have tried to get rid of this book, God always manages to keep it in the hands of his followers. One way or another, because it's alive, it's sharp, it's powerful, it's what we depend on. You, you better depend on it right now. Where is your heart with the Lord? Are you willing? Are you really willing to give up your life for for Jesus? And I'm in this sense, I'm talking. I'm not talking about literally. I'm talking about figuratively what's in your life that's keeping you from that relationship with the Lord the kind of relationship that will set you free from anything that's trying to bind you up the kind of relationship that will set set all of us on fire to serve the Lord Kind of relationship that says, Lord, no matter what you ask of me, I'm going to do it. I'm willing. Corinthians tells us we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen. For the things which are seen are temporary. But the things unseen, the spiritual world, it's eternal. That's what we have to look forward to. Eternity. What I want to encourage you this morning is stick to the plan that God has placed in your heart. Don't waver. God's given you a plan. Elizabeth and Zachariah stuck to the plan. As a result, their son, John, stuck to the plan. And it cost him his life. He was beheaded because of it. But it was all in the plan. Sometimes we just question the plan. God, why is this happening? Why, where is, what's going on? God has a plan. Put your trust in the living God. He has a plan. He has a plan for you this morning. He has promised us That he will direct our path if we will trust in him. But we've got to get our hearts right. C.S. Lewis said this when he was an atheist, and C.S., you all know Chronicles of Narnia, C.S. Lewis, many other uh, books. He was a prolific author. Um, But he was an atheist before he received Jesus Christ as his Savior. And he said this, as an atheist, I rejected the fact of God. And he called it a fact because he realized, absolutely, there's, there is a God. After his conversion, he said, the real reason, reason that I was an atheist was that I was hiding the corners of my heart with a fence around it. Hiding it from the hands of God. I didn't want God or anyone else to have their hands on that part of my life. I didn't want God to touch those corners, those dark recesses. So I even convinced myself and included my thoughts to reject the living God. But once he became a believer, he realized that God wanted to shine the light on those dark recesses of his heart and began to work on him and do miracles in his life. God interrupted his life. And God wants to interrupt your life today. Stand with me. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church, Tepper's Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.